try to get with people like you, quite frankly, learn from your awesome book, wherever you can get with people who have experience in whatever you're going to do, whether it's real estate or anything else. That's a goldmine that, quite frankly, I think too many people overlook. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with $1 million to $100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template Should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal? So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we are speaking with our sweepstakes winner. So if you didn't know, we did a sweepstakes where you could enter... All you had to do was subscribe to the newsletter and you had the opportunity to be interviewed on the podcast. And we are speaking with our winner today. His name is Dean Markey. Dean, how are you doing today? I'm great. and very happy to be here. We're happy to have you. And again, congratulations on winning the sweepstakes. Maybe we'll do one again in the future so someone listening right now can be in your place in the next few months. But before we get into the conversation with Dean, we're just going to do a traditional interview because Dean does have a strong real estate investing background. He's full-time in real estate development. His family started investing in real estate in Manhattan in 19... 
29s or almost a hundred years of experience in his family of real estate investing. But Dean bought his first deal outside of his family in 2005 and then did his first development deal in 2009. His portfolio outside the family properties consists of four multifamily properties, two development sites, and he's also flipped 26 apartments. He's currently based in New York City, and his website is grandstreetdevelopment.com. So, Dean, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely. So, I really only do two things. I focus on either buying apartment buildings or building apartment buildings. And on the buy side, I'm mainly focused on Class B apartments and Class A or B areas where I see some upside outside of the building itself. We try to do value add and bring sort of our operational experience to improving them. Just focused on cash flow and we always pray for appreciation. And on the development side, uh, primarily we focus on what we call infill development in hot neighborhoods. So we're focused on an area in Philadelphia called Fishtown, which is a lot of similarities to what we did in Brooklyn, the development deals, the properties that we built there. Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and Greenpoint in Brooklyn. And we have a particular design focus and style, but those are sort of more class A properties, exceptionally well-located, and we try to bring a little flair to them. We've done well. So we're basically regional developers of multifamily and regional buyers of apartment buildings. And when you started talking about the building, what did you call them again? Infill? infill development sites. So in cities. So we don't really do sort of what I would call suburban walk-ups. Those we buy. But what we build is more of like mid-rise apartment buildings in vibrant cities, whether it's in Philadelphia or Brooklyn or northern New Jersey, where you can walk out the door, get on a subway, get your coffee, come home. There's a wine bar, a restaurant outside your door, that kind of uh, development. Sure. Okay. So you've got four multifamily properties and two development sites. So those four multifamily properties, the buy, and then the two development sites, the build? Yes. We've sold some that we built and we've obviously sold those flips that you mentioned. Those were 26 apartment buildings that we bought after the Great Recession, primarily REOs or short sales from lenders who took them back. We fixed them up and put them back into the market, stabilized them and ended up selling them. But We've held on to the rental buildings that we've built, and we also bought an existing apartment building, about 186 units outside of Baltimore, a suburban walk-up as well. So we own and manage outside of the family stuff, those buildings, as well as 10 apartment buildings in Manhattan as well. Perfect. So how are you funding these deals? Friends and family and what I would call super high net worth. So obviously on the equity side, we've only done one institutional deal. I would say, uh, you know, kind of a more of a institution as opposed to a high net worth family office or just individuals. So the first deal we did, I raised $200,000 from my parents, my uncle and my cousin's girlfriend's parents. So just very typical sitting in people's living rooms, raising a few dollars to get a deal done and up to and including, quite frankly, there are a couple of uh, billionaires who've invested with me because with some humility, I'd expect my parents to give me a little bit of money if it was a good deal. But think of super high net worth people, they have tons of options. 
for them to trust me with their money and like the deals that we do. That gives me a lot of confidence and a great deal of satisfaction. For these billionaire, super high net worth people, you mentioned family offices. Are they through family offices or these individual billionaires who are investing in your deals? Individual, yeah. There's one deal that we did that is a family office that sort of acts like an institution. So they're so wealthy that they've set up a team of people to invest their money on their behalf. The ones that in the past that have invested with us and continue today are people we've known through the years or met through friends and family and and others who've recommended us and referred us. So it's a pretty broad mix, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's awesome. Do you have any tactics, any tips, any piece of advice for someone who wants to eventually work their way up towards having these super high net worth billionaire family offices investing in their apartment deals? The best advice that I would give anybody is focus on every deal that you're involved in. The more successful the individual deal is, the more people around you are going to hear about it. So you build up that track record and then people start to talk about it. And whether it be the lawyer involved in the deal or uh, the broker who sold it or leased it up, whatever it may be, and you build a reputation, but it's deal by deal. I don't think you can leapfrog it. I think people trust in two things, the track record and the person. So if you don't have the track record, maybe one thing to do is to partner with somebody who does and borrow their track record, if you will. Even if you get a small piece of a deal, it's better because you're building the track record. And over time, you can point to that experience. And the other is, I think that people really do look to the individual. So if somebody likes you and trusts you and you come referred by other people that worked with you in some capacity or another, that is really helpful for people. And quite frankly, I don't think that changes from somebody investing $50,000 to somebody investing $5 million. I think those are the two things that people care about. Something else you mentioned too, and again, you might have the same answer, the track record and, and you as a person, but you mentioned that these super high net worth people clearly have a lot of people wanting money from them. So obviously I could have a really strong track record and I could be a really good person. So did you meet these people just naturally, just word of mouth, eventually you got to them? But I would imagine that happens a lot. A lot of people are doing big deals, but not everyone has these super high net worth people investing. So once you've got that massive track record, what are the types of things, at least from your experience, that set your deals apart from say someone else who's done the same number of deals as you, but is not attracting that type of money. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a great question. So I don't do a ton of deals. As I said, I've been at this for a fairly long time and I haven't done a hundred deals. I do think that we are able to find better than average deals. And there's no secret to that. It's pounding the pavement. It's driving the streets. It's making the phone calls. But yes, we find, I would say, better than average deals. But again, I just think it's that track record and What we try to do is to act like an institution in the middle market. So what I mean by that is we like to do mid-sized deals. So for example, the last building we built was 52 units. There are people who are putting up 800 plus units in the same neighborhood. So there are also a ton of people putting up four, five, six, 10 unit buildings. So we like to be as sophisticated in our reporting and our approach to design and the team that we hire as the guy putting up 800 units and make our deals though, because they don't require hundreds of millions of dollars of investments to make a deal available to somebody. 
who has $100,000 or, as I said, $5 million to invest. So it is, as I said, it's probably true that we don't really bother doing a deal that is what I would call an average deal. And, okay. and beyond that, it's just relationship management. It's just the same thing, just talking to people, making sure they understand we have the same problems with our deals as somebody doing big deals or small deals or the same kinds of deals. They're not without issues. And we have had, fortunately, a track record where, quite honestly, Theo, in the 90 years that we've been in the business, we've never even been late on a mortgage payment. And we started in the Great Recession, having gone through the Great Recession and COVID-19 related issues, and we've never even been late on a mortgage payment. So that what I say is deal by deal, but collectively over time, you end up with a track record of good performance and we don't oversell. Thank God we've never lost money on a deal. All of our deals have performed at least as well, if not better than our pro forma. So people trust in that. And I always tell people any deal that we're going to do, eventually something's going to go wrong. We can't keep it going forever, but I give them my solemn promise that I will treat their money more seriously than my own. And no matter what comes up, I will have at least three solutions for it. We'll choose the best one at the time with all the information that we have and try to make right. So people appreciate that and give us some money. So yeah, that's kind of it. It's, I don't, not that no, complicated, I, I guess. Yeah, 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 so. That's definitely perfect advice. All right, Dean, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Well, I think there's three things that I would say. Number one is buy apartment buildings. Not to be oversimplistic about it, but Theo, what I would tell you is the, the first human being who decided to walk out from under the open sky and into a cave found that that was probably better than being out in the open. And I will say that if one day human beings are living on Mars, I suspect that they'll want a roof over their head. So it's one of those essential needs. And I think you can't go wrong with it. Subject to number two, which is not to use too much debt. I've seen people lose buildings. I know people who've lost their buildings when events beyond their control, such as the Great Recession or, or other events, it's because they took too much debt. So there was a time before the Great Recession where you could buy an apartment building with basically no money down, all debt. So I would say be cautious about taking on too much debt. And then the third bit of advice would be to really think about holding it for the long term. That's where you have really the greatest return if I tell you what my grandfather paid for his first Manhattan building and what it's worth today, it would spin people's head, but hold for as long as you can. And I guess a little bonus bit of advice is try to get with people like you, quite frankly, learn from your awesome book, wherever you can get with people who have experience in whatever you're going to do, whether it's real estate or anything else, that's a gold mine that quite frankly, I think too many people overlook. Those are my three bits. Perfect. All right, Dean, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure, yeah. Okay, first, first a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you ready to close more deals and officially seal your financial freedom? The Dwellin Show with Ola Dantis discloses the most innovative real estate investing strategies to kickstart your quest to financial freedom. Go listen at www.dwellyn.com forward slash show. That's D-W-E-L-L-Y-N. 
com forward slash show. Okay, I'm going to do the normal question, but I do have one question that I would like you to answer as quickly as possible, but I'll get to that one in a second. So first, what is the best ever book you've recently read? So without sounding like because I'm on your show, but certainly I would include in that answer the best ever apartment syndication book by you and Joe. And one that's overlooked, if you don't mind my saying more than one, is Powerhouse Principles by a man, a hero of mine, Jorge Perez. He's the CEO of Related Group in Florida. It's, it's development focused, but there's a ton of good advice in that book. And then the Steve Burgess book, The Complete Guide to Buying and Selling Apartment Buildings. Those are my three favorite. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I would go and do exactly what I have always done. I would go and talk to everybody that I know and start over and do exactly what I've been doing for my life. Wouldn't change a thing. Just start over. So the next question I want to ask you, I'm trying to think of how to ask this, but basically... You hear stories all the time of how the one generation makes all the money and then the next generation maintains it and then the next son loses all of it, where it sounds like yes, the situation. Yes, 100%. I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a, your grandfather started the business, your parents are in the business, you're in the business, all of you guys are successful. So, what's maybe the main thing that you can think of that has allowed your family to do that and not fall into wow. the cliche trap that I just mentioned? Well, the awesome question. Honestly, my whole life, I don't think anybody ever asked me that. And, and the, I think that the immediate answer is that one thing that's really important to all of us throughout all three generations is that core family. It's exactly what you said. It's a business, but first was the family. So my grandfather passed along a lot of really strong Italian principles, if you will, which is where my family is from. Through to my father, my father always taught me those lessons and I teach those lessons to my children. And the way I approach the business is that I am giving it and I am preparing what I do to be handed off to the next generation. So we build with incredible quality. We approach everything very honest with our tenants. We really try to honor them and to treat them well so that when it goes to the next generation, if God willing, it, it happens that the buildings, the business is well prepared for that transfer. And of course, I try to pass along every bit of advice that I gather from people like you and others and from my own experiences onto my children and make sure that they understand that they now have the responsibility when that handoff occurs, that they have the responsibility to prepare it for the next generation as well. And always to remain humble. I think that's the other thing. Nobody's bigger than the market. That's really important to the way you phrase the question that oftentimes it's you know, the son screws it up, if you will, or the daughter goes and blows the business up. I think if you have some humility with what you've been given and a sense of responsibility to pass it off, you, you perhaps avoid some of that hubris that can lead to a business collapsing. Perfect. Great answer. I'm surprised no one's asked that before. I had it in my notes to ask you, but then I forgot. <laughs> oh, no, that's awesome. I appreciate it very much. Okay. Then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Probably our website, which is grandstreetdevelopment.com. But my email is dean at grandstreetdevelopment.com. Or we also have an Instagram page, which is at grandst, so abbreviated street, grandst development. Those would be the best ways to get me. Perfect. All right, Dima, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. I learned a ton from this conversation. Just some of the key takeaways that I got. Number one, you talked about some tactics for being able to attract that 
money from the billionaires, the super high net worth people, the family offices. And at the end of the day, it really just comes down to, as you mentioned, the two things, which is the track record you have and then you as a person. So it's just focusing as much attention as possible on every single deal to make sure that it is as successful as possible. Because then once you're successful, people start talking about you, start building up their reputation. And it's kind of a snowball effect where eventually people know, like, and trust you enough. And you've been referred enough times that you're able to reach those kind of higher echelons of investors. So you say it's kind of step-by-step. There's really no hack or shortcut or cheat. It's just going deal by deal and making sure each deal is as successful as possible. And a couple of other things you mentioned too that have helped your track record is you said you act like an institution in a middle market. So you bring the institutional quality, the reporting, the relationship management, rather than focusing on these thousand unit deals, you do the middle 50 unit deals. You mentioned you got very sophisticated reporting. And then for your family business, in the 90 years of business, you've never been late on the mortgage payment, never lost investors' money on a deal. I've always at least met the performers. And then I really like what you said is that you told them that if any issue were to arise, you'd always come back to them with at least three solutions. And then one of those would obviously be used to fix the problem. Uh, then we talked about your best ever advice, which was threefold. Number one, buy apartment buildings. Housing, homes are always going to be an essential need. I was just doing a syndication to Cool Level Club today where they did a survey and asked people, what's your priority for paying expenses? And above groceries, above car payments, above utilities was paying rent. So I could definitely <laughs> reinforce that. Next was don't use too much debt. And then thirdly was to think about holding for the long term because that's where you realize the greatest returns. And then you also talked about what sets your family apart from other family businesses, kind of the cliche of the grandparent creates it, the dad maintains it, and then the son kind of destroys it and said that it's really about passing along strong values. And then I really like what you said, which is preparing to hand off the business to the next generation. So not really taking any shortcuts to make money for yourself now that will screw over your kids in 30 years. Instead, you're using good quality construction. You're always focusing on having good relationships with your residents and the people you work with. And then passing along any advice that you get, but also including in that advice is letting your children know, the next generation know that, hey, you need to be prepared to pass it on to the next generation as well. So preparing them early on for that next level transition. And then just being humble, as you mentioned as well. No one is bigger than the market. So again, Dean, I really appreciate you coming to the show. I learned a lot. Glad you were our Sweet Sticks winner. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.